Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Roughing the Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Devin, and I've got my co-host, Cody Krause, up in here with me. Uh, we are excited to be back. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Cody was sick for a little bit. I was on vacation. Life got in the way, but we're back. We've got some content for y'all, and we're ready to get after it. Cody, how you doing tonight? We're doing good. We're doing good. Been an eventful couple of weeks, but good to get back to Get, get back to the podcast, get talking some football. Uh, yeah, coming up, draft season's coming up in a hurry, so looking forward to that, and uh, we'll take you guys into it the best that we can. Yes, absolutely. We're going to jump through um, and start off with the AFC West. We got a little bit of news, a um, couple signings. We've got Denzel Ward getting extended five years, makes him the highest paid cornerback in the NFL at 24 years old. Cody, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a guy who's shown a lot of potential. He's really been a, a cornerstone of that defense alongside Miles Garrett. Um, surprised that he got paid before some other people, but um, surprised that he's getting paid more than like a J.C. Jackson, but at the same time uh, has definitely played well. And you just see that uh, salary number continue to climb at positions across the board. So uh, just definitely continuing that trend. Yeah, absolutely. This is becoming an even more expensive league, and it already was one to begin with. Um, Speaking of expensive leagues, we've had one startup that's not super expensive. Cody, what do you think about the USFL? Yeah, you know, um, I'm not as intrigued as... Maybe some others are. I mean, I guess it's good to have football during the spring, during this kind of downtime. But, I mean, you really got the the bottom of the barrel. I mean, if you're not if you're not on a pro team, you're probably playing in Canada. And if you're not playing in Canada, well, I guess you might end up in the USFL. And um, so it's just not something that really piques my interest. Yeah, Cody, I kind of agree with you there. Um, not something that I'm going to really watch a whole lot of. I'll watch some highlights here and there. We saw Terrell Owens score a touchdown at 48 years old. That was pretty cool, thrown by the one and only Johnny Football. Um, so, I mean, that's good entertainment. I just don't know how long it's going to last. We've seen a lot of these leagues come and go. The AF was the most recent in 2019, didn't even finish a year. So maybe the USFL can talk that. They don't have a huge bar to beat. Um, in other recent news, the Colts have signed cornerback Stephon Gilmore to a two-year deal, so they're getting some defensive help out there in Indianapolis. Cody, what do you think? Stephon finally found another home. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll fit in well there, um, be another piece in that defense with Darius Leonard. Um, and, yeah, just continue to well-round that defense and hopefully leave them in a position to contend this year again with the Matt Ryan led offense, but definitely a good place for him to go two year deal. He's getting up there in age, but I think he can still contribute for what was already a solid Colts defense last year. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not quite sure how much longer after these two years are up, he's going to be able to keep up in the league, but he's obviously a great cornerback. He's been a great cornerback throughout his career. So we'll see what he can do out there in Indy um, with all of this great competition in the AFC. Now, speaking of great competition in the AFC, we are going over the AFC West today. Um, Arguably the best division in football, the best four quarterbacks in football in a single division. 
people are saying a lot of stuff about this AFC West. Cody, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, arguably the four big, well, three of the four, three of the biggest movers this offseason as far as teams trying to make themselves better. Um, last year, we saw two teams make the playoffs and one get as close as you can get to making the playoffs. Um, and the, the Broncos were the team not included in that, and then they go out and get what they think is their franchise quarterback. So, um, yeah, it's a really exciting division, and I'm really looking forward to talking about it here uh, so a little you bit said, more in depth. You said what they think is their franchise quarterback. I just want to spark a little debate here. Do you not think Russell Wilson is their franchise quarterback? I mean, not no spoiler alerts here, but um, y- y- y'all might be surprised where I put the Broncos in our projected standings at the end of this episode. But given this just, division, I'm not going to be surprised about anything, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Well, the Denver Broncos are our first team we're going to cover. Uh, they no longer have a first round pick, but they have plenty of other draft capital, uh, especially after trading Von Miller last year to the Rams. They have a round two. It's kind of a later round two, pick 63, because the Rams were Super Bowl champions. Um, and they have a couple third round picks, a couple fourth round, and then some late round picks. So they've got some some draft capital there to fill some holes that they have. Um, QB was our biggest positional need on them, but it's obviously not that anymore. Defensive end, also kind of on that list. Um, but they've added some in free agency, and then it's mostly defensive stuff. Linebacker, defensive end, um, wouldn't mind some cornerback help just a little bit, but their offense is looking pretty sharp. Yeah, I think I'd like to see them. Um, I mean, we talked about they traded for Russell Wilson. Uh, they traded uh, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, a fifth-round pick, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. Um the key piece in that, to me, being no offense, um, they lose a playmaker at tight end, and they don't really have uh, have a surefire guy there. So, would not be surprised to see them use one of those mid round picks on a tight end. Um, but yeah, and I mean, like you said, other than Wilson, their biggest addition in free agency was Randy Gregory, uh, who pulled the old switcheroo on the Cowboys and signed a five-year, $70 million deal with uh, the Broncos. Um, So he'll pair nicely with Bradley Chubb on a defense that was already uh, third in scoring last year, Um, eighth in passing, and 15th in rushing. But having those solid players on the defensive line will definitely hopefully help that that rushing defense that uh, gave up the fewest rushing touchdowns in the league last year. So... Just a defense that has shown a lot of potential. Um, and they think that Russ is going to fix the offense. The offense was 23rd and scoring 19th in yards. Um, particularly in passing, they were 19th. Rushing, they were 13th. So the offense is where um, where the hole lies. And they got a Russell Wilson-sized patch for that hole. Yeah, absolutely. Another addition that they made on the defensive line, they signed uh, former Seahawk DJ Jones to a three-year deal um, on that interior defensive line, so he could definitely beef that up. Um, So definitely adding some depth pieces. They re-signed Josie Jewell out there, an inside linebacker. He's been a solid piece for them. Um, Had a couple 
uh, tight end sign. They signed Eric Tomlinson from Baltimore to a one-year deal, so it's not anything huge. But like you said, uh, going for a tight end in the draft, they could easily snag Trey McBride out of Colorado State University with that second-round pick. They might need to trade up a little bit, but given the fact that they have two-thirds, couple fourths, they could easily do that if they thought Trey McBride would be a good fit for that offense, and I think he would, especially if they want to be um, that really balanced offense. Trey McBride is a great piece. He's a great blocker, good pass catcher. He's pretty much the all-around tight end that um, they would like to see, more so than Noah Fant was. Noah Fant was definitely a pass-catching tight end coming out of college, um, and he never really progressed like they would have wanted him to in the pass blocking. And I think that's probably the reason they packaged him in that deal. Um, and maybe they, maybe they have looked at the tight ends in this draft class and they're thinking, you know what, we should just do that. And they went out and did it and we'll see how draft day plays out. But I, I think Trey McBride's a good target for Denver in this draft. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I also think they would behoove themselves to uh, try to find a good offensive lineman piece somewhere um, their quarterbacks went down a combined 40 times last year. Um, that's a pretty big number. Uh, we know Russ really hates that. Russ got beat up pretty well in Seattle, and I know would like would like some extra protection. So uh, would definitely be a a good idea to look to get some uh, pieces on that offensive line through the draft as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let's... So, Devin, we see um, we see Melvin Gordon as, like, the last piece out there at running back and free agent. Are we about to see the Javante Williams show in Denver? And how do you see that going uh, for them this year? I, I honestly think at this point in free agency, if the draft comes and goes and Gordon is still out there, I think Denver throws him out a smaller deal, and I think he'll probably take it, especially if he wants to at least try and be on a successful team because I think Denver has the potential to do so. not saying they will, but they do have the potential, and I think Melvin Gordon wants that this late in his career. And I think him and Javante are such a great one-two punch that I think he'll come back for the betterment of the team if nobody else gives him a better offer. And at this point, I don't really see that happening. Very fair, very fair. But should say that doesn't happen, do you think Javante can, can handle the load? If they beef up the offensive line, yes. But also, does he need that? I don't know. We saw him bully some people out there on the field last year. Um, I think I think he could be a great running back in the NFL. Um, he had the third most rushing yards by a rookie. Um, Najee Harris had the most. And then Elijah... Mitchell had the second most, but it wasn't by much. It was like 20 or 30 yards, and he kind of came out of nowhere. He was a sixth-round pick, wasn't really expected to do a whole lot, and then just really, really benefited from that San Francisco scheme. So I think Javante takes the leap. I think he's the second-best sophomore running back next year. Hmm. Wonder who that's behind. Um, And speaking of kind of taking a leap, I mean, I think we saw Tim Patrick do that last year and i think that that probably has russell wilson really excited that wide receiving trio of sutton judy and patrick should they be able to stay healthy gives him plenty of weapons he was kind of spoiled with uh plenty of offensive weapons in seattle from 
Doug Baldwin to Tyler Lockett to DK, Marshawn Lynch, Chris Carson. So um, there's one one interesting thing that you did not mention there. Um, None of those names are tight ends, Cody. Russell Wilson's never had a great tight end in his career. He's always had mediocre ones, average ones. um, And I think he could do it without one in Denver as well. So we spent a lot of time talking about tight ends. They don't necessarily need one. That's true. I mean, they do have uh, Albert. I'm going to butcher his last name. <laughs> uh, Gwen Boonham. Just uh, Alberto. Alberto is fine. Uh, and is it Eric Seibert, I believe, out of yeah. Drake University in Des Moines? Uh, one of few actuaries in the NFL. So uh, shout out to him. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they do have so, – tight ends and like you said Wilson has done it without probably Greg Greg Olson only real notable tight end that he's had at, in his career so fair point for sure yeah absolutely let's move on to the third place team in this division San Diego Superchargers <laughs> or Los Angeles now there, there you go they're in Los Angeles Cody Come on, we're a football podcast. We're professionals over here. All right. Probably the biggest signing that the Chargers had this offseason would be cornerback J.C. Jackson. He was mentioned earlier in a conversation about Denzel Ward. Three-year deal, $60 million, $40 million guaranteed. He's going to a team that has beefed up their defense this year. What do you think, Cody? Yeah, and I mean, they needed to. I mean, you look at them last year. They were 29th in scoring. Uh 12th in passing and 30th in rushing. They needed uh, some help, and they, like you said, they went out and got it. Um, They add Jackson. They trade for Khalil Mack to put put across from Joey Bosa. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that they obviously made themselves better Um, and made – Keeping Mike Williams, I think, was huge for them also. Yes, Mike Williams is a great, great keep there. Um, Him and Keenan Allen are good wide receiver one and two, and I think they're going to play really well again this year like they did last year. Hopefully um, he could keep on that same level. We've seen a lot of injury risk with him in the past, but hopefully that's all in the past, and this next year is a great one for him. Yeah, I mean, I think that offense rides a lot on – the health of Austin Eckler at running back. But, I mean, when they go, they go. We saw that multiple times last year. They were uh, fourth in yards, fifth in points, uh, second in passing yards, but 21st in rushing yards. I mean, Eckler made a lot of difference catching passes out of the backfield, but I mean, he is kind of, the I feel like, the glue that really keeps that offense together. Yeah, absolutely. Another kind of under-the-radar uh, signing that they had, I would, I'm going to list two of them off. One of them's tight end Gerald Everett from Seattle. He was a really good piece for Seattle when they used him and when he was healthy. So as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be great for LA, um, giving them a huge target there. Good run blocker for Eckler. I think he'll have a good season this year. And another under-the-radar one out of the Rams just across the city Sebastian Joseph Day, the defensive tackle, he's a great run stopper, and that's something that they need on this defense. Him and Khalil Mack are going to be great for that run stopping defense that they needed to beef up this offseason. Yeah, 
Um, so what do we think for needs for them as the draft approaches? Where do you see them going? I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what the heck the Chargers are going to do in this draft. I can I could see them going for another defensive tackle or linebacker just to kind of get more depth there. Uh, Mac and Joseph Day are great additions, but they're not set at those positions yet. Um, so I could I could see them going there. I don't think they need corner cornerback help. Um, wide receiver maybe they might need a wide receiver three. Mike Williams is great. That might be a day two addition there, especially given this deep um, draft class. So Sky Moore would be a great addition for this offense. That speedster, um, good good slot receiver there. I think he would be a good fit. But I'm not quite sure what they do with pick 17. Um, stay tuned for our draft episode coming up in the next week or so. That one, I will let you know what I think the Chargers are going to do at pick 17. And so will you, Cody, because you are going to give us a mock draft as well. Yes, that is very true. But, I mean, I do, like you said, I think they lost a few linebackers. They lost Tyler Fackrell. They lost Uchenna Nwosu, Kaiser White. Uh, they also lost Chris Harris. I look for them to, like you said, their secondary seems solid, and they got J.C. Jackson, obviously, but I could see them adding another defensive back at some point to go try to go along with uh, your Derwin James and J.C. Jackson in that secondary. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I'm not quite sure where I want to put this team in this division. This one's probably the hardest division to predict, especially with everything that's gone on um, in this offseason, this crazy offseason that we've had. Let's move on to another competitor in this division, one that actually did make the playoffs, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. All right, Cody. Biggest addition for the Raiders is? That would be uh, Derek Carr's old pal from Fresno State University, Devontae Adams, a wide receiver. Wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, like we said earlier in one of our past episodes, this is a great move by Green Bay, especially if they knew they didn't want Adams on their roster coming into the 2022 year. They were able to flip it, turn him into a round one and round two pick this year. And I think the Raiders gave up exactly what they were expecting to give up for him. I don't think they think that they overpaid. I don't know. I love Devontae Adams, and I think he's an incredible wide receiver. I don't know if he's worth that much draft capital. I don't know. I don't know. That's really controversial for me to say. I just don't see him being as successful in the Raiders' offense as he was with Aaron Rodgers in the Packers offense. Cody, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, what helped him be successful in the Packers offense was targets. And I think he is Carr's guy, and I think he sees just as many targets. Um, and even, even with Darren Waller there, you think he sees just as many targets? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I think that he just opens the door for Waller and for – uh, Hunter Renfro, great wide receiver there also. And I'm, we were, I was going to get there, but they also signed to Marcus Robinson, who I liked him as a chief. I just felt like he was overshadowed as a chief. Um, but I think that he can also be a good weapon for Derek Carr uh, to utilize as well. But I think at the end of the day, like 
Adams is Carr's boy, and you're going to see that in his um, in his target share. Um, and, I mean, you just look at where they've been. That team has been at, in wide receiver. Like, I mean, they just get guys that kind of flash in the pans. Like, like Cooper was hot there for a second, but then he left. I feel like Darius Hayward Bay had a good year once. Um, you just, like – you don't have the days of when they used to have Randy Moss. And before that, they had Jerry Rice for a minute. And it's just like they were, have been missing that that guy at wide receiver. And I do think Adams can be that guy for them again. Um, but Adams wasn't the only move that they made. Um, in my opinion, the hot, like one of the more interesting moves that they made, they just last week re-signed uh, Carr to an extension for $121 million over three years. Carr is, uh, uh, Carr can carry the torch, but man, I don't know if that dude's worth $40 million a year. What do you think, Devin? I think I'm with you. Um, a lot of people are saying it wasn't worth that much money to pay somebody who hasn't won a playoff game or has won one. I'm not really sure. Um, I believe this makes him the fifth highest paid quarterback, maybe the fourth. Yeah, I don't think it's worth $40.5 million. Um, maybe maybe if he steps up, maybe the money was just that motivator, and now he's got it, so he's like, oh, well, let's actually perform now and show these people what I'm worth. I don't know. I think he's got the best roster that he has had around him since his time starting in, um, well, technically Oakland, but now Las Vegas. He's had the best weapons around him since he started with this team and I think he makes the most of it this year and who knows maybe he carries that on um, into the future but they're going to have to sign Hunter Renfro to an extension especially if he performs nearly as good as he did late last season or all of last season again this year with Devontae Adams now taking a bunch of double teams away from him and Darren Waller and I don't, I don't know that they're going to have the money in the future to do that with how much they're paying Carr and Adams and how much Josh Jacobs is going to make. Darren Waller's got a huge contract. Max Crosby, Crosby just signed a huge deal. All of these people are getting a lot of money, and they're not going to be able to keep this good of a roster going into the future. So we'll right. see. This is probably his make-it-or-break-it year. Right, and I mean, I do think that they, like you said, they signed Max Crosby and they signed Chandler Jones, another huge addition for them. But... They lost four, like they lost four guys in that defensive line. Carl Nassib, Yannick Ngakwe, they traded Gerald McCoy, Solomon Thomas. They lost linebackers Nick Kwiatkowski, KJ Wright. Um, they lost corners Desmond Trufant, Casey Hayward. Like they took some hits on defense, and their defense wasn't. I mean, they got lauded for their special teams last year. Their defense wasn't great. They were twenty six in scoring. Uh, 13th in passing, 19th in rushing. I mean, they're a defense that needs to improve. And, I mean, I do think that having these cornerstones like a Cosby and Chandler Jones, like, that's great. But you got to make sure that you have enough capital to attain your pe- the rest of your pieces that you need, especially in a division like that we were talking about here that's so high-powered on offense. It's like, yeah, you might have a high-powered offense too, but – at the end of the day, it's hard to keep up when the other team is just scoring all the time. Yeah, absolutely. That defense is definitely not one that you want to go into 2022 
with, especially given the division that they are playing in, they have to play the Chiefs, Chargers, and Broncos both twice this year. And every year, because they're in the same division, Cody. Not a, right. not a division you want to be playing with a defense at subpar. Right, and I mean, and they have the they have the second place schedule, so that means that they're going to get the Patriots. They're going to get um, who's who got second in the North? Was it, um, it was Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's a solid team. Uh, you got you're going to have to play uh, Indianapolis. Also um, a solid team. Right, like that's a tough schedule and. I mean, that offense can only carry so much. So um, I look for them to uh, use what draft capital they still have left on that defense. Yeah, absolutely. That is also where I see them going in the draft this year. Um, Granted, they don't have a first-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick. So actually, do they have a second-round pick? Now I'm confusing myself. They traded no. one for Adams. They traded the first and second round pick for Adams. So they start on day two of the draft, late pick 86 overall. So not a whole lot of draft capital. They're going to have to figure it out on their active roster or get some good late round rookies to step in and be those pieces that they need, especially on defense, because this roster on defense, I don't see it holding up very well against the division and the AFC in general, to be honest with you. Right. I completely agree. And it's mainly the linebacker and cornerback positions. I think their their defensive line is good. Cleveland Farrell, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones. I guess Chandler Jones is technically an outside linebacker, but he also is basically a defensive end. Those are, those are solid pieces on that defensive line that are going to get after the quarterback. And maybe... They'll be good enough to where they don't need star cornerbacks out there. But those are never pieces that you don't want. Why would you not want a great cornerback out there guarding those receivers? I would. Not not a defense I want to go into 2022 with, but I think we've talked that one into the ground. Let's move on here to the winners of the AFC West, the Kansas City Chiefs. Big news out of Kansas City recently. Cody, what was it? Yeah. yeah, the big news out of Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is going to golf in front of the whole nation. Uh, the next Capital won the match just announced to, uh, today that uh, Patrick Mahomes teaming up with a guy who he put on an absolute show with in the playoffs last year, Josh Allen. Uh, the young Bucks against uh, the old guys, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, going to hit the links and battle it out so we have that to look forward to but i don't think that that's what you were talking about when you referred to big news out of kansas city i'm guessing you're probably talking about the tyreek hill trade uh that sent tyreek hill to the dolphins for a bunch of draft picks that uh just added to the chiefs draft capital they have two first rounders now um a ton of draft capital and i think it's draft capital that they're going to find themselves needing uh i mean you just look Hill leaving just adds to that turnover in that wide receiver room. I mean, they lose Tyreek Kingle, Tyreek Hill, sorry, Byron Pringle, and Demarcus Robinson, three of their top four wide receivers from last year, if you're not counting Travis Kelsey, and replace them with 
Corey Coleman, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Devin, what are your thoughts on the that turnover in the Chiefs wide receiver room? All I'm saying is Pittsburgh thought Juju could be a number one receiver, and he was not it that year. Not saying he can't do it. I love Juju. I love his personality. I think he's a good wide receiver, and I'm, I'm really wishing him the best in Kansas City. Um, I like seeing him play football. I want him to succeed, just not against Pittsburgh, obviously. Um, but I don't think it would hurt the Chiefs if they went out and drafted a first-round wide receiver this year. They do have two picks because of that Tyreek Hill trade. So they have, I think that's 29 and 30 back-to-back in the first round there. Um, I would love to see them go wide receiver with one of those if one of those top five wide receivers are still there, um, which I think Jahan Dotson might be. Um, I I could see that. I could even see them just saying F it and going for um, a guy like Sky Moore or some of the some of those other round two wide receivers, um, Christian Watson. They might they might jump up into the first round. I'm not going to be surprised if they do. Um, but yeah, this wide receiver room is still solid. It does lack that um, kind of randomness or kind think of the word really think of it right now that Tyreek Hill brought to the table with the Patrick Mahomes um, at quarterback but I still think it's a solid group I think Travis Kelsey is still an amazing tight end still the best in the league and Patrick Mahomes is obviously Patrick Mahomes he's going to do Patrick Mahomes things so I think they can get it done with this receiver room I just think they should add a little depth maybe with that 29 or 30 overall pick right I agree that that uh offense can get it done but again Back to pounding this rock. I don't know that this is the defense that this team wants to bring into this year. I mean, they signed, re-signed Frank Clark, and they signed Justin Reed to a three-year deal at safety. But you look at their departures on defense. Linebacker, Anthony Hitchens, Melvin Ingram. Defensive line, Alex Okafor, Jaron Reed. DB, Mike Hughes, gone. Traverius Ward, gone. Honey Badger, gone. Dan Sorensen, gone. Like, these are, I mean, the Chiefs, because they're the Chiefs, were on TV a lot last year, and these are names that you heard every game, and now they're gone. Uh, So I think that, again, in a high-powered division, I don't know that this is a defense that I want to take into next year. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I see where you're coming from. Um, Really, the biggest name that they've added on defense was safety Justin Reed, who came over from Houston. So he's probably really thankful he's actually on a team that's good. Um, And I just don't know that Justin Reed is as good as Tyron Matthew was for this team. Um, He's on a three-year, $31 million contract, so he's getting about $10 million a year. $20 million of that is guaranteed. So they do believe in this guy. They really, really like Justin Reed, and they think that he is going to be a great safety for him, for them. And he is a great safety overall, but the Honey Badgers just brought that different playmaking ability. And I hope Justin Reed can fill his shoes, but I don't think he can. And like I said, that's really the biggest addition they've made on defense, and it wasn't a huge splash. Justin Reed was not the biggest safety name out there. He was maybe three or four on the list. So we'll see. We'll see what it does for this defense. But they have, I mean, they've got some picks. They can they can add it in the draft. They have two for two first round picks, two second round picks, a couple of thirds. So they have a lot of draft capital. Um, 
I think they should use one of those first rounds on a wide receiver. I think they could use the other one on either a linebacker, maybe a cornerback, defensive tackle. Any of those positions would be great for this team. Their offensive line was also not super stellar last year. They kind of came around a little bit in the later, the latter half of the year. Creed Humphrey was a great, great pick for them, especially. I think he was in a, a second or third round. He was predicted to go into the first round. Didn't happen. He fell to the Chiefs. They picked him. Great center. I think he's got a great career ahead of him, but they do need other pieces on that offensive line. So I could see them going there, but I don't necessarily think any offensive linemen are going to be there in the first round, maybe the second round by the time their picks come up. Yeah. um, I mean, that's a solid point, but I agree. Linebacker and secondary. I mean, you look at this defense. They were 27th in yards against last year. Um, I mean, they were only eighth in points. They were top 10 in points against, but I feel like that's because that offense was able to stay on the field. Um, They were 27th in passing yards against and 21st in rushing yards against. And you look at, I mean, you look at what happened to them. Like, that offense was great. In, in the playoffs, that offense was getting what they wanted on a regular basis. And then they run into the Bengals, a high-powered offense, but an offense that they that had one major hole, and that was the offensive line, right? And they only they hardly ever got to Joe Burrow in that game. So, I mean, even though they have Frank Clark and Chris Jones on that defensive line, those guys both have health issues. So maybe, like you said, maybe defensive line is a place to go to because that defense just has shown the inability to uh, hold up against high-powered offenses. And they're going to see arguably three of them in their division. And with your Baltimore's, your um, Cincinnati's, your Buffalo's, uh, your Tennessee's, there's others out there that they're going to have to deal with too. So overall, a defense that probably needs a little bit of a buffing out. Yeah, absolutely. Some of those targets may include Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. That Georgia defense was stacked this year. They're going to have like three of their defensive linemen come out in the first round, not to mention Nicobe Dean, who's probably going in the second round. Great defense out there in Georgia. You got Andrew Booth, cornerback out of Clemson, but I think they stick with defensive line, um, and I think they could go after George Karlaftis out of Purdue, the edge rusher, or even Boye Mafe out of Minnesota, also the edge rusher. Either of those guys might fall to them at 29 and 30, and they could pair them with a Christian Watson, a Sky Moore, and it would bring that speedy, deep threat wide receiver that is so similar to Tyreek Hill that Patrick Mahomes is going to miss very, very dearly. So this is going to be the fun part of this episode, Dev. Oh, is that right, Cody? We've talked about these four teams. You've mentioned how hard this, this next part of this discussion is going to be. I certainly did. How do you see these three, four teams finishing next year in the standings? Pass. Not allowed. Oh, I tried. Um, can they all tie? <laughs> I I seriously have no idea where to rank these teams. Um, oh my gosh, I this is so difficult to do. Man, they've all got incredible quarterbacks. They've all got really really good offensive weapons, and they all have. Somewhat good defenses. But here's my thing. 
the Chargers probably have the most well-rounded offense and defense in this offense, or sorry, in this division. Um, they've got the cornerbacks that can keep up with the wide receivers in this division and the pass, the passers. They've just need to beef up that defensive line and the offensive line a little bit, and I think they're going to be set. But I don't really think I have it. I have the ability to put them at number one in this division, and I think I have to give it to Kansas City just because I trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to pull it out from somewhere. They'll find it. They'll find it. They're going to make every other team fan in the entire NFL mad because they're just going to they're going to win the division this year again. And then it gets really, really hard because who the heck do I put at two, three, and four? I'm taking a very long time to process through this because I have no idea. Like I said earlier, um, okay, I'll let, you want to go back and forth. Like you go one, I'll go one. You go two. Yeah, I'll go yeah, two. yeah, yeah. We'll adapt. We'll give, adapt. Give, you, give you some time to think. Yeah, who okay, do you, who do you have number one? Who I who do I have number one? You just talked about them, and I'm not talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, I'm talking about the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they are a team that. Should they stay healthy? I mean, I think that's the big caveat here, but that's the caveat to any of the standings predictions that we've made. If if key pieces for a team goes down, obviously they're going to have a hard time uh, succeeding. But should they stay healthy, like you said, they have a very well-rounded offense. Justin Herbert's still on the way up. Austin Eckler's an absolute weapon out of the backfield. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is a top-five wide receiver duo. Um, and... They made the additions to their defense that we didn't really see other places in to that degree to the other teams in this division. And they were right there last year. I think they win some of these close games against these division rivals and squeak out a first place finish in the division. I would love to see that. I would love to see another team other than Kansas City win this division for the first time in however long. Um, and like I said earlier, I think they are the most well-rounded and well-balanced teams in this division. So I think I'm going to put the Chargers at number two for pretty much the exact same reasons that you have them as number one. And I have a feeling I know who you're going to put it to, Cody. Who is it? Doritos. Oh, I was totally wrong. Okay, okay. Second, and why I think that they won't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your mic is cutting out, so you have to restart your reasoning. I got the Raiders. This is three now. This is three, Cody. I have to go in and edit all of this. It's really four, because the one we had to do, like, twice. That's true, but it's all one chunk. We didn't, like, start and then have to stop again. I could just take out the whole thing. That's true. All right, go ahead. And, I mean, I you obviously thought I was going to say the Chiefs and all talk in a minute about why I think the Chiefs won't see the success they've had in the past, but I like the Raiders. I think they're going to be a fun team. I mean, like, that's one thing that that team has shown the ability to do is have fun. Max Crosby looks like every play he's out there having fun. I think you're going to see that with Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, and they're a well-rounded team. Uh, Good offensive line. Tons of weapons on offense. Uh, Good defensive line. It's going to make quarterback nightmares tough. I mean, like we said, they do have some holes on that defense, but I think that they 
play a really fun game and they figure out a way to squeak out second and make the playoffs uh, again for back-to-back years um, out of this division. That is fair. That's a fair point. I agree with you on a lot of it. I do. And I think that they do find success. I do think that they make it into the playoffs. I think they are the second wild card to make it in the playoffs from this division. And I have them going in the third spot for this division um, right after the Chargers at number two. I think they're a very, very similar record again. I don't necessarily think that the last game of the year is going to come down to if they tie, they both make it in. I think they'll both just already be in. Um, yeah, they have a great roster. They were able to make the playoffs with an interim head coach after the whole John Gruden thing. Um, so I think they, they do have the toughness to, to make it through an entire season, especially now that they'll have an actual head coach, which is going to be super exciting for them. Derek Carr got paid. They got Devontae Adams. They've gotten some defensive piece. They re-signed Max Crosby. So I think that I think they pull it out. I think they make the playoffs, but I also think that they are third place in this division. Yeah, so my third place, um, we're actually going to agree on fourth place. Uh, but my third place is the Chiefs. They're a great team. They're led by a great quarterback. Um, they have an excellent play caller, a head coach. But those two can only be leaned on so much. And we saw it last year when the Chiefs struggled, and they had their fair share of struggles last year. The It was because teams were able to shut down the run and play over top of Tyreek Hill and make Patrick Mahomes make plays. And he's an elite quarterback who can make plays a lot, but he can't make plays all the time. And I think that... Travis Kelsey, although an elite tight end, I think that we're seeing him near, if not even starting to get past that precipice of his career. And I think that without Tyreek to take the double teams there, I think that he's going to see a lot of double teams. And as a result, his production will go down. Uh, And I think that it will take time for Mahomes to adjust his new receiver room. And like we said, that defense has a ton of holes. And, I mean, yeah, rookies are great, but rookies are rookies. And I I don't know that I want a bunch of rookies having to go up against Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Russell Wilson uh, six times a year. Uh, And I think as a result, I think they win enough games. I think they're a playoff team, but I don't think that they have the success within the division that they've had in the past, and that's why I have them in third place. Yeah, I mean, we could easily, easily see a changing of the guard. Um, my fourth place team and your fourth place team are the Denver Broncos. And it honestly hurts me a little bit to say that because they've made some monster moves this this year in free agency. They've beefed up that team in a lot of different ways. And it seems super weird to put them in fourth place. Like if they were on any, in any other division, they have a shot at actually winning it. And I still think they do have a shot at winning this division a lot of pieces just have to fall in place. Like, this roster has to click on it almost immediately for this to actually work. And and there is a small chance that it actually does. I just don't see it happening this year. 
Right, and I could not agree with you more. It's the this year thing. They have a brand new quarterback. They have a brand new first year head coach. I don't think that that clicks into place this year. Uh, and I think what what they're going to have a hard time with, and they've already had a hard time with it, is the health of that receiving core. Um, I think that they have a window. I think they have young talent on that defense uh, and on the offense to allow that window to be large. So I do think that that we will see a more successful version of the Broncos down the road. I just agree with you. It's not going to happen this year, and they're just in such a competitive division that they'll end up the bottom feeders, but I don't think they'll be very far off from a 500 record. I, I think they'll be in contention for the playoffs up until like week 17, 18. Yeah, I would definitely. They'll, they'll be in that hunt that the Raiders and Chargers were in last year. That's where they'll be at the end of the year, and they will be in fourth place in their division. That's crazy to think about. This is honestly one of the years where we could see a team have four teams in the playoffs. I don't see it happening, but it's still a possibility with this division. Right. I mean, if you talk about solid teams in the AFC, you might talk about two teams in every other division, but you have to talk about four teams in this division, and that's what's Mm going to make it must-see football all year long. Absolutely. I I think – Probably all four of these teams are in the top 60% of this division or this conference. Yeah. 16 teams. I mean, they're easily the top 10. Yeah. All right, Cody, close us out, buddy. Yeah. So, guys, it's been a while. We're back. Thanks for being back with us. Don't forget, like, subscribe, give us a five-star review. Send us an email, roughthepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'll be back sooner rather than later. We got a lot of making up to do. We got the draft coming up. We're excited. We hope you're excited. Uh, I will leave you with this wonderful quote from the great Jimmy V, Jim Valvano. He said, to me, there are three things we should all do every day. We should do these every day of our lives. Number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time and thought. And number three is to keep roughing the podcast. We'll see you guys soon. Absolutely see you all in a very, very short amount of time. And just a quick plug, if you want to see four of the best quarterbacks in the league right now, golfing it at the links in Las Vegas. It's live on TNT on June 1st. Goodbye, everybody.